This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 153, part 4. Part 4. We're back at uh, Zipia.com, that's Z-I-P-P-I-A.com, and we're looking at cloud adoption trends. It says right here, cloud adoption wouldn't have such a bright future if not for its pay uh, for its rapid growth within the past decade. To understand just how much cloud use has grown, here are some interesting facts about it in recent years. It says between 2010 and 2020, the global cloud computing and hosting market size increased by cloud 535 percent. In 2010, the global cloud computing and hosting market was only worth $24.6 billion, a number which grew to a whopping $156.4 billion in 2020. And so you can see they have a chart here for those of you at pain.tv slash gold. This is cloud computing and hosting market size over time. And it shows this trend from 2010 at about $25 billion going out to 2020 at about $156 billion. It says in 2021, public cloud services grew by 18.4% year over year. In 2020, that growth was only 6.1%, meaning that cloud adoption is growing rapidly year after year. In fact, the section of the market that's seen the most growth is desktop as a service, DAAS, which grew by 95.4% in 2020 and 61.5% in 2021. And um, we've talked about software as a service. So there's also desktop as a service. It's where they turn everything into a service, right? So for instance, software as a service, let's say you're running a, I don't know, a coffee shop. All right. And you're using I don't know, QuickBooks or something, an accounting software. You're using uh, Square. You know, you're paying a monthly fee to use the software instead of actually buying the software. You know, like uh, let's say you would you would pay three hundred dollars for it per year. Now you're going to rent it from them, or you were going to go have software built for your company. The problem is you're giving away control of your company, and you're also giving away the data that your company is generating by perceived convenience and by supposedly lowering your cost, your overall cost, you're paying all these monthly fees and then you're also giving away the data, giving access to this data to all these third-party companies that generally have the typical technocratic government front puppet oligarchs behind them, the Peter Thiels and such. Let's look at this. This is public cloud services annual growth rates. And we're looking at uh, 
desktop as a service, you're looking at software as a service, and you're seeing here from 2020, 2021, and 2022, and you're seeing the uh, growth uh, going up in each of these uh, categories, right? Um, And these are just all the different uh, services here. So total market, uh, you guys can go through this stuff. Again, this is Zipia.com. I I think it's, uh, if you want to understand it, I think it's worth taking a look at it. We go here, it says in 2021, cloud computing spending increased by 35.3% year over year. In 2020, spending was around $140 billion. However, by 2021, this increased to $191.7 billion in 2021. If this trend continues, spending will exceed over $200 billion by the end of 2022. Now, this is all important because the the technocratic system that we're moving into, uh, whether that's in the form of the central bank digital currencies, your personal interaction with the internet, the building of the smart cities and villages, it all relies on this, on all this cloud computing. And when you're looking at all these increases, you know, and all the numbers and usage and the amount uh, of money that the market is worth, what's being spent, it shows you that it is growing. They are actually building it. I mean, I, I don't believe all this can be fake. Uh, this section says cloud adoption statistics by top benefits of adoption says cloud adoption wouldn't be so popular with businesses if it didn't have substantial benefits for saving money to having more organized and accessible data our research shows that 94 percent of businesses report significant online security improvements after adopting the cloud the cloud is incredibly secure because it uses encryption therefore information is less accessible to hackers and anyone who isn't meant to have access in fact many cloud services allow users to personalize their security settings well and what's all the hacking that's been going on over the last uh, 10 years you know where you wouldn't have hacking if nothing was stored on a computer on a server in the cloud at all you wouldn't have these problems. It goes on to say 80% of companies report operation improvements after adopting the cloud. In fact, these companies report improvements as early as a few months after adoption. The size of the company also didn't matter. As small startups and large corporations also saw benefits. So these are the selling points here. It says 82% of small and medium businesses report reduced costs after adopting cloud tech. Further, 59% of these businesses also report productivity benefits from their IT teams and departments. With these numbers in mind, it's no surprise that 78% of small and medium businesses have already chosen to adopt the cloud. You also don't have much of a choice because you're not just adopting the cloud. The adoption campaigns force you to adopt the cloud. Right? If all software moves to software as a service or all desktop moves to desktop as a service, you've been engineered into accepting that solution because you don't have another choice. All right, It says 93% of businesses identify cloud security as the number one concern. Despite the fact that the cloud often makes important data more secure, many businesses still worry about cloud security. In fact, 66% of businesses are worried about data leakage as their top concern, followed by visibility into file downloads, 45%, file uploads, 50%, DLP policy violations, 50%, and external sharing from the cloud, 55%. 
All right, so their number one concern here uh, is security. So they say, so they say, but you can see they're still adopting it. They're still doing it. So it's obviously not that much of a concern. Goes on to say cloud adoption statistics by cloud storage services. Storage is one of the most crucial functions on the cloud, and companies know this. With that in mind, here are some interesting facts about cloud storage services. As of 2022, 60% of all corporate data is stored in the cloud. That's double what it was less than a decade ago in 2015 when only 30% of all corporate data was stored in the cloud. So I told you, I mean, you can see the trend here. They're moving this. They want 100% on the cloud. And and it's close. They're getting there. It says there are four companies that own 67% of the world's cloud infrastructure. All right, we're going to get into this. Let me repeat. There are four companies that own 67% of the world's cloud infrastructure. You know what that means? Four companies own two-thirds of all the data. It's sitting on their servers. Now you can say, well, they don't have a right to go into the server and look at Citi's data or TD Bank's data or your coffee shop's data. Well, it's sitting on their server. I think they can do whatever the hell they want. Goes on to say, the largest of which is Amazon Web Services, and we're going to break this down for you um, in a little bit, which has a 32% market share against the competition. The other top four companies include Azure with 20%, Google Cloud with 9%, and Alibaba Cloud with 6%. U.S. public cloud revenue by segment over time. This is a chart here. I'm not going to go through this. Uh, but it's, it's just showing more growth. It goes on to say here, cloud adoption statistics, frequently asked questions. What percentage of companies use cloud services? 94% of companies use cloud services in 2022. This massive percentage is partially due to massive shift that occurred in 2020. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused a reliance on remote work, 61% of businesses migrated their workloads to the cloud. Further, even at 94%, cloud adoption is still growing in 2022. I'm telling you, COVID land the high school theater production. Part of it was to push folks into the technocracy. The ones that were lagging behind got forced into doing it. Number two, what percentage of workloads are in the cloud? And remember, that was worldwide, all right? It's not just the United States. It wasn't other countries. Worldwide, that's how you know that it was orchestrated. And what was sitting there ready for them? The cloud. What was sitting there and ready for them? Zoom, right? It was not organic, folks. It was orchestrated. It was a strategic move. Goes on to say, as of 2022, roughly 41% of enterprise workloads were in the cloud. In recent years, this percentage has continued to increase. By 2021, 33% of surveyed enterprises were running over 50% of their workloads on the cloud, indicating this trend will continue to increase over time. This adoption has been trending for a reason, as there are many benefits to having workloads in the cloud. Some of the most prominent are better elasticity, cost efficiency, increased collaboration, business agility, disaster recovery, and a competitive edge. Uh, Number three, how fast is the cloud computing market growing? The global cloud computing market is growing at an impressive rate with a projected CAGR of 16.3% through 2026. That would mean an increase from a market size of 44.5 
$1.3 billion in 2021 to $947.3 billion by 2026, over half a billion in only five years. Recent growth is also considerable. In 2021, public cloud services grew by 18.4% year over year. Additionally, the section of the market that's seen the most growth is desktop as a service, which grew by 95.4% in 2020 and 61.5% in 2021. So again, you can see where this is going. All right, they're moving everyone over. So there is no intention of stopping this, slowing it down, uh, saying, hey, we're polluting uh, the world with this. No, they are moving everyone into the digital world. They are connecting the physical and the digital. That's the whole point of this. Uh, Number four, how many cloud users are there? There are 3.6 billion cloud users in the world. That's 47% of the global population, meaning that nearly half of everyone on earth uses the cloud. In fact, of all American internet users, a whopping 69% of them either stored data online or used a web-based software application. All right, so now you're seeing almost 50% of the world population is using the cloud. We know that around two-thirds of the world the population is already connected up to the internet. First, they connect you to the internet, then you'll be using the cloud. All right, so all your data is going to be stored on these servers controlled by a few different companies. goes on to say five Who is the market leader in cloud computing? Amazon is the market leader in cloud computing. Overall, the company's service, Amazon Web Services, has 32% market share over the competition. As we mentioned before, the top four additional companies are Azure, Google Cloud, and Alibaba. All right, combined, these four control 67% of the total market share, meaning 67% of the data that's stored on the cloud is controlled by four companies. Number six, what is mitigation in cloud computing? Mitigation is the process of minimizing risk. For example, to avoid the risk of unauthorized data access, companies will often implement a zero trust security framework where all users must regularly be authenticated and authorized while working on the cloud. In this way, the company is using this policy as a mitigation strategy. All right, let's conclude uh, this article so we can move on to the next piece. It says the cloud has become an incredibly popular and useful tool for enterprises and citizens alike, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic began. In 2020 alone, 61% of businesses migrated their workloads to the cloud. Now, as of 2022, 94% of enterprises use cloud services. And there's a reason why. As the cloud comes with many benefits from cost-cutting to data security. In fact, 80% of companies report operation improvements after adopting the cloud. And then it gets into the growth. All right. Computing market to reach $480 billion with further gains expected in the coming years with an expected CAGR of 16.3% through 2026. The global cloud computing market is expected to grow to $947.3 billion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so there you go. That's the cloud. The whole internet is moving to the cloud. All the services you interact with is moving to the cloud. Now, where are all the servers? How does this all work? Where are they located? Who's controlling them? What does it all mean? Well, if we're going to build a worldwide technocratic prison planet, we know now 
that everything has to be stored on this cloud. We know how much data is being created every single day around the world, right? So the data is created. It's being pushed up into the cloud. The cloud are all these server spaces. Let's look at these server centers. So now you're going to understand the infrastructure of how the internet actually works. Instead of us just saying the internet, now you will actually understand what the internet is. And then we can start to look at all the AI chatbots and stuff that are accessing all this data that's created, uploaded into the cloud, and stored down on the servers. You're going to understand the whole architecture of the technocratic system. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. Right here on the Dustin Gold Standard operating in the technocratic cloud folks in the technocratic cloud all right what i want to do now all right i think we've got an understanding here of all the data that's created every day across the internet by you your digital footprint how all of this is being uploaded into what is called uh, the cloud i think you understand the cloud industry what that actually means We're going to work our way now into the data centers, the actual physical warehouses controlling the servers and the racks that have the actual hard drives that store all the data. Because we need to understand where all this is going. And this is all the data that Yuval Noah Harari talks about. So when you hear him say, those who control the data are the gods of the new era, the data is more valuable than property. The data is more valuable than gold. You will know what he's talking about. Again, let's break down these uh, walls of abstractions here and let's explain what this actually is. So when you go out into the real world and you're talking to your friends or you're talking to your family and you're trying to explain this to them, I mean, you can take everything that I say here in two to three hours and you can boil it down into a couple of minutes and be able to explain to people, this is the system that's being built. This is the system that they claim is going to deliver better governmental services to us. This is the system that's going to protect our health data. This is the system that's going to make our lives easier. This is all the perceived convenience that we're getting. When we put up an Amazon ring, that data that we're creating, that footprint is being beamed up through the cloud and stored on a server in a data center. And it's attached to us. It can also be hacked. It can also be viewed. I mean, I don't know if you guys paid attention to the whole Edward Snowden thing, you know, a decade ago. But Snowden was able to prove, I believe at the time it was nine, it was like the top nine tech companies had opened up backdoor access to the nsa the government the state to pull data right out of their servers and to be able to analyze that data so these companies that you're giving all of your data to the vast majority we can prove were either started by the government i mean heck the united states government created the internet 
right? And then you look at companies like Google and Amazon and all these other folks that are connected right into the government, and yet you're giving them access to all the data that you're creating. Why? Because they engineered you into this technocratic system. And this technocratic system, you know now, relies on you supplying it with data. And this is how they're going to manage, and this is how they're going to govern, and this is how they're going to police, and this is how they're going to control the people and the prison planet. Whichever ones they choose to allow to live, that is. All right, I want to look at this article quick before we get over into data center stuff, because I know the last couple of segments, it was just heavy with information. So let's talk about this, and we're going to start to break down the data centers. I'm over at Forbes.com. I'm looking at an article from September 2020 by Dan Runcavicius, and this is called How Amazon Quietly Powers the Internet. It says, what was the last thing you heard about Amazon? Again, this is from 2020. Uh, And let's put this in context here, folks. This is September 2020. So this is about six months after COVID Land, the high school theater production kicked off. You know, we're going to have to start coming up with some. You would say uh, BC or AD, like 200 BC or 200 AD, you know, before or after uh, Christ. We're going to have to start doing, you know, one uh, AC, like after COVID, or BC will be before COVID. Or maybe we'll do PC, that'd be prior to COVID. So this is six months uh, AC, after COVID. It says, what was the last thing you heard about Amazon? Let me guess, it's battle with Walmart. Or was it the FAA's approval of Amazon's delivery drones? Most of this news about Amazon's store is just noise that distracts investors from Amazon's real force. As I'll show, Amazon is running an operating system that powers some of today's most important technologies, such as virtual reality, machine learning, and even quantum computing. Behind the scenes, it is utilized by over a million companies, including tech giants Apple, Netflix, and Facebook. This is Amazon's key and ever-growing moneymaker that has been driving Amazon's stock to the moon. But before I pull the curtains, let's step back for a moment. I like this article already. It sounds like the way I like to uh, present information to you folks. Let's pull back the curtain. But first, we need to step back, which is what we've been doing this whole episode, stepping back and explaining how the Internet works. It goes on to say, first, how Amazon makes money for real. Uh, For all the online shopping fuss, Amazon doesn't earn much from its store. Yes, Amazon.com flips hundreds of billions of dollars worth of products every year, and its revenues are on a tear, but Amazon turns only a sliver of that into profits. In the past year, Amazon's store generated a record $282 billion in revenue from Amazon.com. That translated to just $5.6 billion in profits. Keep in mind, that was Amazon.com's most profitable year. So... What they're saying there, folks, is back in 2020, Amazon sold $282 billion in stuff, and they only turned a profit of roughly $6 billion on that. It says, meanwhile, most of Amazon's profits came from the lesser-known side of its business called Amazon Web Services, AWS, 
as you can see below. And so we're looking at Amazon's profits from AWS versus Amazon. All right, and this is a little bar chart they have here, a little bar graph. And uh, this is uh, QT 2019 to QT or Q2 2020. And so you see uh, Amazon 33% for $5.68 billion in profits. And then you have 67%, which is $11.38 billion from Amazon Web Services. And we just mentioned Amazon Web Services because they're one of the biggest housers of all this data, all this cloud computing going on here in the world, folks. And we know that the CIA and NSA has given Amazon tens of billions of dollars in contracts to house all of the Intel data, which we broke down on several episodes here at the Dustin Gold Standard. I also went into detail on past episodes on the different companies that literally control the internet and all the data on the internet. So I'm not going to rehash all of that on this show. It goes on to say it's Amazon's cloud arm that is serving over a million companies across the world. You may have heard that AWS has something to do with storing data in the cloud, but it's much, much more than that. AWS is the operating system of the internet. To get an idea of how AWS works, take your computer as an example. Like every other computer, it runs on an operating system, such as Windows or Mac OS, which comes with a set of programs. This software puts your computer resources to use and helps you carry out daily tasks, such as sending emails or sorting out your files. Now, you guys understand how this works, right? If you're on a PC, you're using Windows generally, and there's folks that build their own systems and they use Linux and stuff. But for the for the majority of consumers out there or the majority of employees that are working at home remotely or in their cubicle at the office or even folks that are entrepreneurs, you're generally operating on a PC or on an Apple. You're using Windows or you're using Mac OS. On your phone, it's iOS, all right? And so that operating system, is what helps make all the software and stuff work on your phone. This is why I've compared uh, the third industrial era going into the fourth industrial era as the third industrial operating system to the fourth industrial operating system where they're moving us from one operating system to another. As you know, Windows, you know, go back to Windows 5 all the way to Windows 11, Windows 12, and then there's variations and there's upgrades every day. It's always doing updates. The same with uh, Mac, uh, the same with Apple's Mac OS. All right, now think of Amazon Web Services as an operating system that's running not one, but hundreds of thousands of big computers in tech lingo servers. All right, so that's what I was explaining to you. So take a giant warehouse and fill it up with, you know, your old fashioned computer towers or racks, you know, these flat uh, racks. I don't have one in uh, arm's reach of me. Um, and then these are filled up with hard drives and filled up with uh, motherboards, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what they're storing all this data on. And then they have the ability to process the data. So it's all these computers. Just in simple terms, if you know what a computer is, a computer tower, it's just a warehouse full of all of these computers. And we'll call them servers. 
It gives companies nearly unlimited computing power and storage, as well as tools to build and run their software on the internet. So this is why you have to have very strong internet connection. If you're running an office, it would be hardwired to be able to access the software and be able to do all of your tasks in real time if the software is going to truly be based on the internet and run on the cloud. This is why they need all these 5G replicators and all this Wi-Fi that they're building all around the world so that you can sit in a park and uh, work on Photoshop, sitting on the cloud, editing photos, or whatever it may be. Goes on to say the difference is that these big computers sit in Amazon's warehouses and companies work on them remotely or quote, via the cloud, end quote. In other words, Amazon Web Services is like the operating system of the internet. So what it's saying is you have the warehouse, these are called data centers, with all these computers inside them. You, Dustin, me, let's say, I store all of, let's say I store 90% of the work that I do up on the cloud. It goes in a cloud, and just think of it, it beams down to my server doesn't work this way but let's just say in simple terms i have a computer sitting in an amazon warehouse like a storage unit that you rent a locker and my data is on that and then i'm processing that data pulling from the data editing videos cutting videos storing them there saving them there pulling them back out working on them and then amazon web services is the operating system that's making all that work allowing me to pull things back and forth upload download work on stuff store it save it Move it, delete it, whatever it may be. Goes on to say Amazon's operating system now powers artificial intelligence, blockchain, and other next-gen technologies. In 2003, when Amazon's AWS first started out, it offered only a couple of basic cloud services for storage and mail. Today, this system offers an unmatched set of 175-plus tools that help companies build software harnesses today's top technologies. The list includes blockchain, virtual reality, machine learning, which would be artificial intelligence, quantum computing, augmented reality, and other technologies that are the building blocks of today's internet. That would be Web3, that would be the metaverse. That's what we're moving into. For example, Netflix is using AWS for more than simply storing and streaming its shows on the internet. It's also employing AWS machine learning technology to recommend movies and shows to you, right? So this is tapping into the artificial intelligence element of it, where they're programming algorithms, think of them as calculations, as formulas, to be able to... Uh, recommend movies so you like comedies it knows that and it's going to recommend other comedies or it's going to recommend uh, movies with a certain actor you watch something without i don't know jonah hill and the next thing you know it's recommending other jonah hill movies it's it's not overly com complicated goes on to say you've also probably heard of slack and that would be work the most popular messaging app for business slack recently announced it will use amazon's media technology to introduce video and audio calls on its app all right so there's a lot of folks that do uh, private video streaming on their websites and stuff you can set that up with amazon web services all right and they'll host the video and allow you to live stream etc goes on and it's not just 
tech companies that are utilizing Amazon's AWS tools. Take General Electric Power, the world's energy leader, is using AWS analytics technology to store and sift through <clears throat> avalanches of data from its plants. Or Fidelity, America's mutual fund giant experiments with Amazon's VR technology to build VR chat rooms for its client. In a picture, Amazon's AWS works like this. All right, and they have a diagram here. So in the middle, for you folks not on pain.tv slash gold, you'll have media with a play button. And then you have three lines coming off. That one is showing uh, like a TV with a remote, and that connects over to Slack, GE, Netflix. Uh, then it has machine uh, learning, which is under software. And then you have a folder here, which is storage, you know, going out to uh, television, computer, um, like, a, like a device that would be inside of an industrial plant. And then you also have analytics, and it all wraps around together. So you have computing power, software storage, and then you have different streaming, you have television, you've got media, analytics. It basically works all around. All right, so this is what they're saying. Amazon AWS is the operating system of the internet because all these companies are moving over to run their companies and store their data and process their data and analyze their data and deliver their services using the cloud. And Amazon is the biggest leader in that. We're going to finish breaking this down and we're going to move forward and I'm going to show you uh, how these data centers actually operate. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 